Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys. A podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex in the City for the first time ever, mostly. I am Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And our guest today is Marsha Belsky. Hello. The Hello. writer of Handmaid's Tale, the musical, comedian and comedian and weren't you comedian of the year in Time Out New York? I was. Whoa. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Marsha, welcome. You're our first comedian of the year on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. That was cool. Yeah, it was really, it was like really, I didn't know because he did this whole, David Goldberg did this whole interview with me and I didn't know it was for comedian of the year. I didn't find out till they put the piece out. So it was That's like really awesome. cool. Yeah. And I co-wrote Handmaid's Tale the Musical with Melissa Stokoski. Who has oh, cool. been a guest on the podcast. Yes. Amazing. She was, she's the other half of, uh, of, not carry on. Um, speaking of Carrie. Yes. Speaking yeah. of Carrie, yeah. Her and Elise Brando, yes. That's awesome. I did that pod too and got, I mean, it's, you'll see, like I can make the most simple fun thing just political and harsh, so it'll be. <laughs> oh, you know, I, well, that, that sounds like, that sounds like something you can say at the beginning of a Thanksgiving dinner. And yeah. Like, so strap in yeah. for yeah. dinner, everyone. Hey, Uncle John, still a Republican? Cool. <laughs> Have a seat. No, we asked, we asked our, our like listeners were like, we need suggestions for people and they're like, you should have uh, Sarah Jessica Parker on the podcast. We're like, okay, cool. actually, like, <laughs> what types of people? And they're like, you should have a feminist and <laughs> a feminist, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I think we've had some, but then I was like, I was like, we're gonna book like a harsh political feminist. That's so, what you need, so. <laughs> exactly. People always do this thing for me. I think because just like I would call myself a feminist before it was like. Uh, not like popular because it's still not as popular as people act like it is. Before but it was like a Beyonce t-shirt meme of people wearing just right. like that with like a Maybe also it was. It was like ripe, but it was like during that cusp of like when feminism was like becoming marketable in comedy. Mm -hmm. right. And um, so now like all these people come out to me being like, I don't like feminists, but I like you. And I'm like, that's not a compliment, but <laughs> that's kind of, that's you kind know, of like people being like, yeah, well, my one black friend is chill. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, you're cool for a feminist. And I'm like, you're, and every time I talk to them and explain what I believe and they say that they agree, I'm like, so you're a feminist. It's yeah. not yeah. that complicated. Like, and, funny. and you're like, what part about what I do made you think that I was going to enjoy you saying that to me? Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, at least like if you have the criticism, like there are people who are like, I don't agree with feminism because it's been taken over by capitalism or it mostly focuses on white women like these are all valid critiques but it's mostly like guys or like girls who have been super hot their whole lives coming up to me like ew feminist but you're cool and I'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so let's wait let's just jump in because you already brought up I feel like one of the main critiques of sex in the city which is like it's just like all white women. All white women. Mm. But like what, do you have a relationship to the show? Did you ever watch the show? Yes. Did watched you... the show growing up mm -hmm. and actually had a really fun bonding experience with my brother because one time we were on like a family trip somewhere and we're sharing a hotel room and Sex and the City is on. And I'm like, can we watch this? Like, or are you going to be a dick about it? And he's like, um, actually like I've seen almost every episode. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so then we watched a bunch of Sex and the City together and it was like so fun. And it 
was the TBS version, so it was yeah. kind of nice because they cut out yeah. the sex yeah. scenes, so I didn't have to watch them with my brother, which was nice. Um, but I watched the show like growing up and on HBO, and then I had like a rewatching thing where I actually watched the entire mm. series when I was probably like maybe like 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely interesting when I, I rewatch the episodes sometimes with Melissa because she watches them mm -hmm. before her yeah. podcast. Yeah. And it's always so crazy looking at it from a modern lens because mm -hmm. it's not only like white feminism, it's um, like they're very wealthy and they don't ever really explain how for some of them. Like, yeah. like Carrie's like a wealthy writer in New York. I don't know. And yeah. they like, they even there's this one episode with Samantha where she like dates a black guy mm -hmm. and they yep. try and tackle race and it's so bad it's it's yeah. that her she dates a black guy and his sister is owns a soul food restaurant right and his sister and, doesn't like her because right. she's like basically they took like the argument from sam's point of view only and didn't yeah. actually explore why black women are well this is like a very reductive way to put it but sort of why black women understand the beauty standards of white supremacy and then are frustrated when black men date mostly white women. Yeah. And they don't explore that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they only explore Sam being like, she literally goes, listen here, sister. I know. I know. Yeah. And I cringe. I'm like this. I cannot believe I liked this show, but in their defense, they had to get to a B story about a guy licking Charlotte's face. <laughs> <laughs> so they, it was a lot to tackle in that episode. Charlotte's B stories, poor girl. Like they literally just, Oh my God, they really throw her to the wind. They're like, yeah, let's they make the prude one go through the, just the worst shit we can think of. And I relate to it. I'm like the word, whenever people ask which, uh, sex in the city character you are, everyone's like, I'm a Samantha, I'm a Carrie. And I'm like, I am self-aware. I will die of self-awareness. I am Charlotte and Miranda. I'm the worst. Like, I'm like a stuck up prude lawyer, bitch, you know? <laughs> So. We, we've talked about that though. We had a. We I had was going to do that for your intro. We have Marsha Belsky, stuck, stuck up lawyer, lawyer bitch. I went with timeout comedian of the year instead. Yes, appreciate it. Appreciate so, it. I, I have a question. Do you think people were having these same conversations back then, or is that these conversations that we're having looking back at the show? Or do you think like 1998 there were people discussing the, right. impl the those implications back well, then? Well, I think it's like everything where I think they absolutely were if they were watching it, but we didn't hear it because mm. there wasn't Twitter. So I'm sure that black women who watch the show, black people who watch the show, people of color, gay people who watch the show, because it's so homophobic, biphobic, transphobic. Like there's so many little moments where you're just like, okay, this is mm -hmm. New York in the 1990s. So you don't really have lack of progressivism as an excuse, you know? Right. And so I think that those conversations absolutely were happening and were even happening in like kind of pop culture academic spaces mm -hmm. but that's only where those conversations took place and now we have Twitter and yeah. I think people are feeling like these conversations just started when really it's just that certain people are just hearing them yeah mm. what know? was black Twitter in the early 90s was it just like a warehouse where everyone was like I'm gonna go here and spout all of like my real opinions and then like gay Twitter was another one and at some point everyone was like this has been happening forever yeah. Yeah, in well, these places yeah I mean I think I mean, that I those think marginalized it, communities always had conversations amongst themselves that they were trying to push into the mainstream but the mainstream had the power to ignore them yeah, but then with totally. Twitter there's not that power anymore which is why people get so obsessed with like cancel culture and like blah 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 and it's like no people have felt this way for a long time but there was nobody giving any power to yeah. these networks Mm -hmm. You know, that's the crazy thing about the internet is that there is a subculture, and that's not a subculture, but there are, there are like voices in corners of everywhere and they've been going yeah. on for forever and it just gives this like major voice to everything. Yeah. Totally. And the people who have never been exposed to those voices feel overwhelmed yeah. because they didn't know that they lived in a privileged bubble. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, we mm -hmm. all, it's like all, that's why it's like, it's a lot easier than you think to just be like, Oh, I lived in a privileged bubble. Privilege literally acts as a veil where like people can see out but not in the people who don't have privilege. And it's like, you know, I didn't coin that. That's a social theory. But it's I it's it's frustrating because a lot of people, I think, feel overwhelmed as if people are like just attacking them all of a sudden mm -hmm. when it's like actually women have been pissed off about creeps and rape for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. nobody gave a shit, yeah. you know. So and that's with comedy, too. It's like. 
a lot of people talk shit about social media and I get it. It's definitely a lot and it has its negatives, but I think without social media, comedy would still be this old white guys boys club. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of voice. I know a lot of other women and women of color and people of color and queer people who have found their voices in these spaces. And then it's like, who are the people who are mad that all of a sudden we have voices like, you know, it's the people who were promised that we'd never be mainstream, mm -hmm. that we'd always be alt or fringe. And all of a sudden we have a lot of mainstream power and people are pissed, you know? Yeah. yeah. What did I say? I can make this fun yeah. podcast. Serious. Political. <laughs> can we, I want to take a quick step back because we'll have a chance to talk more yes. about this after watching the episode, which I'm really excited about. But tell, tell us more about yourself. Where did you grow up? What brought you to New York? What was, yeah. tell us a little bit more about your relationship with Sex and the City. Totally. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, okay. um, and I moved to Portland, Oregon for college, which is where I started comedy. Where did you go to college? Lewis and Clark. It's okay. like the smallest I was liberal thinking, arts school. What's the other really small Reed. one? Reed. I was thinking it was a Reed. Yeah. Got yeah, waitlisted yeah. at Reed, which I'm glad I did because okay. like everyone at Reed does heroin. But um, <laughs> <laughs> super, that Reed? super progressive. Also, yeah. everyone's got a bad case also, of the leans all the time. It's cra like, they That's are, like, crazy. They are so really? work hard, play hard. They're like the, the kids at read are like so smart but also like very privileged uh, on the most part I mean I'm sure there are people there who are not but um so whenever we would go to party there these kids would like do and we were doing crazy drugs but they were like you know taking acid and like writing science theses and I'm like okay and that was part of the curriculum and that and you had to the professor dosed you so yeah. like but um so then yeah I started comedy in Portland Oregon and then I moved here about six years ago okay and yeah sex in the city is interesting because like with a lot of these things like I think that both things can be true at the same time which is that like it's groundbreaking and you know it gave voice to certain women and things like that but at the same time these other critiques are very sure. valid you yeah, know? yeah totally yeah the um did you have any sort of uh when you moved here like expectations of what the city would be like based on sex in the city, city? Honestly, it's funny because by the time I moved here, I was more informed by other shows. I'm trying to even think what, because I mean, I guess girls, but I didn't really yeah. watch girls yeah. that much, but um, and I'm not saying that to be cool. I watched like the first three seasons and the last one, I just like kind of fell out by the time mm -hmm. I was moving here. Mm -hmm. But when I came here, I noticed it made me realize once I moved here that sex in the city, New York is literally a completely different New York. It's like real housewives of New York. When I watch it, like yeah. I forget they live in the same city as me because the upper West side culture is like so different oh, from yeah. what we yeah. do and yeah. things yeah. like that. So I realized when I moved here and I went to the upper West side, like I was working at this restaurant central, what was it called? Atl something Atlantic grill. And, um, I went up to the upper West side and I go, Oh, this is the New York from movies and TV. They yeah. film everything yeah, yeah. in the Upper West Side. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is what New York on TV looks like. And I realized why, because they film it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like totally. All the exteriors for Seinfeld. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. What's the, the bookshop about Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? You got yes, mail. You've you got, got mail. mail. That bookshop's up on 80th, yeah. 80th, 40th or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. And that was like kind of New York. I feel like in the nineties and early two thousands that what the people thought of as like the, but, and then there was also like the East village. Like I actually think my, idea of New York was more informed by a combination of like rent the musical yeah. and friends. Like, yeah. And I think I was like more expecting this, like, I guess West village type yeah. of thing. Yeah yeah. 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 Well, we are, we're watching season four episode, episode eight. eight, my motherboard. And what's it called? My, mo uh, my motherboard <laughs> myself, my, my motherboard myself. myself. Yeah. yeah. We've heard, we've heard really great things about this episode. When we posted that we were recording it, people flip. Yeah. So. I re it's a very, I don't remember what happens in the episode, but all I remember is like, it's where her computer breaks. Right. I think so. And yeah. it's just the image. We're not she, sure. she takes in this laptop that is like, so time-stamped Apple of the time, like oh, the perfect. green, like legally blonde laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she takes it into like what the Apple store was at the or I guess a different computer store and I'm sitting there thinking like oh my god this was pre-genius bar this yeah. is pre-steve jobs hope, like, I hope it's tech serve 
Yeah. Do you remember TechServe? I feel like TechServe it was, was like, like that. this giant Apple store on the 20 on 23rd Street that closed like five years ago. Yeah. But it was like the New York mecca of like Apple nerddom. Yeah, before they made that and then it closed. Apple oh. was really strategic about the way that they did their stores because oh, yeah, now totally. there is like very few outside people you can go to. Yeah. 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 So Carrie, your life is different. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're, we're going to watch the episode and we will be right back. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Episode 56. My motherboard, myself. Carrie's laptop crashes, and when Aiden tries to help, she pushes him away. Miranda's mother dies unexpectedly, but at the funeral, her family is more upset by her single status. Charlotte becomes the Martha Stewart of funerals, and Samantha loses her orgasm. And now, back to the boy. Welcome back, everybody. And we're back. Yeah, it's hard and to come back. back. It's hard to come back with a lot of excitement after that one. That Jeez. Was, that, that was an intense episode. I gotta oh, my say, goodness. It was, you know, it was a legit tearjerker. It oh, did yeah. very sad. I, it I, didn't I really, drop, but the tears no, welled. I agree. I, I fully totally cried because I'm a woman and I'm allowed to. It's true. <laughs> well, and I will say that, like, stereotypically, you cry more, but also we are held under the chains of society to not be able to cry. Oh, it's horrible so for you that guys. Well. That's why you murder people. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. We hold every... Well, we either murder or do CrossFit these days. Yes. <laughs> we have to have a release somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Let's... John, will you do the breakdown and then we can get into it? Yeah. This one is about... Um, I guess Yes, loss. Carrie's computer crashes. <laughs> no, that's and, true. Though. <laughs> Two <laughs> different loss, types of loss. But loss is a good thing. Samantha loses her orgasm. Charlotte. Wow. This is that's so the, true. What's Charlotte? Charlotte, holds Charlotte, it together. More Charlotte to hold loses it together. her shit over the bad flowers. You're right. Yeah, Charlotte yeah, yeah, yeah. loses her, her cool. Um, and, uh, and then the big story, I think, is Miranda loses her mother. Uh, I remember this episode so I remember this episode so brutally yeah I remember when I because as soon as Miranda called from the hospital the whole episode came back to me and I'm like oh god I did not emotionally prepare for this it was it was kind of the the whole tone of the episode shifted because up until that point Corey and Kevin, you said this feels like an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. Yes, because there's the whole thing about like Carrie's backup. They're like, you didn't back yeah. up? What? What's the backup? What's, What's the deal up? with backing up? Yeah. By the way, I want to bring up Corey. Great call with TechServe. I will say I was, it. I was very happy that it was actually TechServe. <laughs> my, question, my question about TechServe, though, is how come like Magnolia became uh, a Sex and the City locale <laughs> and like TechServe <laughs> never became like the Sex and the City weird. spot? You don't. You never did see a bunch of Midwestern moms and their daughters <laughs> hanging out yeah. waiting to get a get in line of tech service. So true. I don't think Melissa's tour goes there either. I don't think they yeah. went to tech serve. No. I don't understand I mean, why. I'm calling bullshit on that. I think that's a little unfair. <laughs> I, I agree. It, it, it probably useful. got more screen time than Magnolia. Oh, oh yeah. Well, even in did. the show, like they kind of did this thing in the 2000s and 90s where it's like tech is for men. They still do it. Yeah. And so Carrie's like, I don't know how my stupid computer works. I just use it every day. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> All right, bitch, you don't even know how to control. I'll delete your shit. Like, come on. I guess that she is. has a Mac, so you can't. But but it is true. You're right that they did paint her as someone who had no idea what she was doing with the computer. I'm a yeah. big idiot. Although, although Charlotte, <laughs> was, silly goose. Charlotte was really pushing the envelope with with her uh, cell phone and headphones. That's right. So she had the cell phone that was hooked up to like a pre Bluetooth, yeah. like wired. Yeah. Which, it made me realize I'm like, New York was really on the cutting edge of cell phone culture. Everything yeah. happened yeah. first here. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's still how I make phone calls. I, I talked to my mother-in-law tonight the exact same way yeah. with the one, the one uh, headphone in. Wow. My phone, such so. a Charlotte. I'm so, <laughs> when it comes to phone calls, I am a Charlotte <laughs> and flowers. I love, what can I say? I love a big, you a big Audi flower. are so big about flower arrangements. Yes. I, uh, yeah. I feel like we should cover Miranda and then we can cover the, the specs of the rest. The rest. I feel like, but I felt like the tone of it, it's funny at the time. I was like, so to recap is, though, right. Yes. Cause Miranda goes to the hospital. She yeah. calls Carrie. She's like, uh, so annoying. Basically I'm at the hospital. My mom had a heart attack in it's Philadelphia. Like, yeah. yeah. In Philadelphia. And she's doing that thing. We all do where she's still kind of like, my mom woke up long enough to criticize me, not yeah. realizing mm. like the mortality of your yeah. parents. And then her mom dies and it gets really real. I loved this episode because it's very like, you know, it's a very real thing as we get into our thirties. 
And what's scary is like, I'm about to be 30 and watching this episode, it always felt so far away from me. And I'm like, they're 35. That's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I was sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say the way they went about it was very out of character for the way they usually write the show, which was like, it really took a huge left turn totally. and it kind of, it was like, I don't know. I could imagine them being like, how can we push further into this and like surprise? Cause that's yeah. the least television way to have Miranda's mom die. Yeah. And it was like, true. because it's like, it's more real, but the, yeah, yeah. it's way more real. Yeah. I, I think the, I, I love sex and city. I'm not criticizing sex and city right now, but there are oftentimes where the B plots are extremely obvious. Yeah. Totally. And I totally thought that this was going to be like Miranda's mom had a heart attack and then she hooks up with the cute doctor. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah, so yeah, like yeah. To actually have yeah. something substantial happen was like, Whoa. I, like, yeah. I think that's why they kind of do this. If you watch sex in the city a lot is I think they purposefully made it super slapsticky up top to totally. try and soften how dark it gets. But, but it's also like very real in terms of living in New York that we're all like, go, go, go chosen family. And then some real shit happens from like your former life yeah. or your family life. And all of a sudden you're like, how do I piece together this New York family I have with my real family? Yeah. And so them coming to the funeral was like really beautiful to me because it made me think of like, which of my friends would be there yeah, for me. Totally. You know? And yeah. it's not, I think Gosh, watching it, I didn't understand really at the true. time, like how much of a thing that is to be like, to have four, three of your adult friends and two of their, like Miranda's ex-boyfriend, Steve shows up mm -hmm. and Carrie's boyfriend, Aiden comes to the funeral. And it's like, you realize that's a really sort of like, I'm there for you. Yeah, totally. Thing. Yeah. 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 I think when I was, um, yeah, I, that was a really, I didn't even get the like New York family thing, but that's totally true. Yeah. Like your chosen family. I don't think I've heard that before. We all just are like running as well. The people who move here, like mm -hmm. we're, and people who pursue comedy and stuff like we're kind of not running from our families, but we put more distance between ourselves and our family than most people do. Yeah. Most people don't necessarily move that far from home. Like, and I don't know if I didn't have like a dream with a capital D, I don't think I'd be in New York city. I don't yeah. know how people can make it out here just like working and living. I, I remember yeah. when I moved here and I, I got into, I moved here and like got into UCB for comedy. Yeah. And I remember talking to someone and they were like, I just want to move to New York to be in New York. And I was like, that's completely legitimate. <laughs> but I feel like you give that like a five year shelf life totally. because it's like you, so it, it's so much, it's so And it'll expire after two, but just five to save face. Five to save face. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Well, the excitement of the city without some sort of community without some sort here of is so lonely. Or without yeah. it, even if someone is, even if someone has a job like finance, it, there's at least some of the thing where they're like, this is the hub of finance. This is the reason I'm here. Yeah. But without a reason and without community, there's. And I, I love New York, but there's kind of not a reason to be here because it's have like there's a lot of better places to it. live. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah. everybody like in the show kind of has a reason. Either they're from here yeah. or it's like, you know, like Carrie's a writer, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. But I, did, I guess my first dream as a kid was just to move to New York City. Me too. And then later yeah, yeah. the comedy thing happened. I was like, well, this works out. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I remember with the like the paranoid thing you were saying, it's like relating to it more with the parent stuff. Like I first moved to New York and like two weeks in my mom got breast cancer so and I had scary. to take a bus home because it was like f flights were like $600 yeah. and I was broke. And it was just like, can you, my parents were like, can you just take a bus? If that? And it was like the most intense, God. loneliest bus ride mm -hmm. that God, you're just God. like, yeah, you're not with your friends. You're not with your family and you're just like playing out yeah. All that could happen and she's fine now. <clears throat> Thank God. Yeah. But it is one of those things that you're just like, you play over in your head. You're like, what am I doing? <laughs> what? I'll tell, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. But you play through, you're like, how many, when you're pursuing a thing or you're away from your family, like how much you actually sacrifice? Like you talk to your family on the phone or you're like, send me pictures of my nephew. But then when you're not there for it, it's in those moments that you're like, 
what the fuck is yes, yeah, life? Yeah, we're post social media. Yeah, post texting. Like I can call my mom on her cell phone. She has it on her. I don't have to catch her at home. I right. can mm-hmm. see what she's doing on Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I was laughing because in the middle of your serious story, but but <laughs> but no, I re- relate to that because my, my dad had cancer when I was in in high school, multiple times, multiple times. You're like, you were laughing because you're like. Oh, once? No. My dad had it three no. times. I'm kidding. Oh my God, you're such a Samantha. So cold. In this episode, Samantha has a hard time I, connecting with her emotions. I will say I'm more of a Carrie in that sense that I'm trying to outdo him with right, the Right, to make... No. Yeah. Right, so in the episode, when Carrie first finds out about Miranda's mom dying, she goes to brunch and makes it about herself, essentially. Right. Which but, yeah. we should talk about that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. What I was going to say yeah, yeah. is like, no, my dad, my dad was sick when I was in high school and then he went into remission. But when, I guess, five years in New York, he his cancer came back. And it was one of the same things where like he told the family and then I went back to New York and I, but I went out with a friend and then there was, it's like a chosen family thing where I went out with one of my best friends and I was like, I just found out this thing. My parents sat us down and they told us this. And he, he thought that I was going to tell him that my parents said they were getting divorced because mm-hmm. I was leading up with such seriousness. And then I was like, I was like, no, my, my dad told us that. And thank God my dad is fine now. Mm-hmm. But I was like, my dad told us that he uh, is sick again. He's going to go through treatment. It's super serious. And my friend just got really quiet. And then he just goes, man, I know I'm going to get cancer one day. <laughs> Like what? Oh I was like, my God. dad is sick now. He has it currently. Oh my currently God. We're like it. our generation. And maybe this is just like <laughs> Americans or people in yeah. general. We're like not trained how to deal with grief well, or death. Our whole society is built around ignoring that it exists. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, seriously, you'll text people something like, Oh man, my uncle just passed away and they'll be like, bummer. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. In, in that friend's defense, we talked about it later and he was like, he was like, when you told me that, I was thinking, I was like, man, everybody just like, no one is safe. Yeah. And he was like, I know what's going to happen to me one day. God, I'm so sorry. But I was like, just the way it came out. Yeah. It's the only way people can empathize yes, is totally. by seeing yeah, completely. how they relate to it. Yeah. 100%, which brings us to the Carrie thing. Yeah. yeah. She is on the phone with Miranda and she's like, I'm so sorry. What can I do? And Miranda is like, don't worry about it and hangs up. And then she goes to brunch with the girls and then she breaks down crying and saying, like, I didn't I, I couldn't say the right thing to her. I didn't know what to say, which I, I will say fine because she didn't say it to Miranda. She didn't make yeah, it Miranda's I problem. I yeah. think it was which, like, I will say when we were watching it, I was like, like we said, I was like welling up being like, oh, my gosh, this is so sad. So yeah. I'm sure there is a thing when someone tells you horrible news and you're like. I was a bad friend. I didn't say the right thing. I felt that way. Yeah. I had a friend who went through like grief this year and it is, it's hard because like you do, everybody makes everything about themselves and you're kind of like, I know they don't care about me or what I did right now, but you still feel bad. Like, did I say the wrong thing? Right. Which I think part of it is like, there's never a right thing to say. It's mostly that you just say something and don't leave people alone. Yeah. Just being like, that's our culture too, though. That's American culture is that there's supposed to be something always right to say. It's always, supposed to be good never right. death's mm-hmm. never supposed to exist and it's right. like of course we're left floundering when shit gets real because our whole culture especially in new york mm-hmm. is based upon this like idea of immortality youth and never unhappy and always go 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 and yeah you know it's true yeah yeah i think that uh that's that's one of the interesting ways that they that they wrote the story which was like it's something that just happens at any moment not like I don't know, like the shock of it. I guess that's, it, it was fine. The way they tied it in with the computer thing, like the fact that it wasn't <laughs> like I got my stuff back. I didn't I, realize the tied connection of loss. That's so interesting. Yeah, they, all, they all lost something, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I definitely felt like in any other episode, it's great to tie things up. at the end, I'm like, the credits on the funeral, I think I could have taken. I don't think I needed Carrie Bradshaw to be like, and even sometimes like right after that moment yeah. I was just thinking like imagine being Miranda. I feel like we're all comedians so we're all used to having such egotistical friends and being egotistical ourselves yeah. and like mm-hmm. just imagine you're like Miranda going through like the worst grief of your life and your friend like writes this article is like and I couldn't help but wonder did my friend's mom's death translate to meaning in my life? You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Here's her loss shallow. from my perspective. Yeah. 
Um, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what scene really got me going is uh, is it was it was over the top. It was ridiculous, but I really loved the bra scene with Lucille. Oh, oh my god, that the, was the so perfectly gosh. done. That Dude. was really genius writing. It was okay, really it was that. really great yeah. writing, and I know there was like the the Miranda was having trouble feeling supported and they had oh my God, the bra analogy, with the bra. which was fine, but it, I don't even catch a, this hacky shit. Like, but it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was just a really sweet moment to have her. And I think, I think Cynthia Nixon props to her. She acted that like she did such a great job acting in that moment. Yeah. Should have been our governor, but, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, it's cool to see them write to her strengths. Cause they could be like, uh, it makes sense with their character the way it went down, but also I feel like they're writing it being like, she's going to crush this because yes. she's yeah. on another, like they're all great actresses, but yeah. she's just on another yeah. level. Well, the the writing built also the character of the mom in only a few lines because they had, she criticized me when she woke up. So you get their right. sort of dynamic. And then the next thing you see is her, reacting defensively and then emotionally to a woman bossing her around with only yeah. a little bit of narration from Carrie. And they really did a good job because only within a few moments, you realize the whole dynamic of Miranda's relationship with her mom. Yeah. And you pick up immediately on how she's going to react to the woman, um, helping her find a bra oh, that fits. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's good writing because yeah. that's hard. Yeah. And, yeah. and good casting on the woman totally. because immediately I'm, when you yeah. see that lady, you're like, Oh, she looks like a like a mean department store lady. It's yeah. like, okay, I'll get you what you need. And then yeah. they totally like and she was pushy. Yeah. She's just been working Nordstrom Rack for like <laughs> 17 years. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I know I know her. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And then like she like turns it on right when yeah. she finds out her mom dies and like brings her in for a hug. Stuff really like good. that's real too. Like my friend um lost her friend this year and it was like the first person she talked to was her super who had a, was supposed to come by the apartment that day. And she had just found out that her friend died and she's like, my friend died. And like the super was basically the one to comfort her. Like that's very real life is yeah. that when you see someone going through grief, whatever stranger danger drops in you and you yeah. just connect as humans. Like that's what this is as heavy as it gets, but Nick cave, the singer, Nick cave. Yeah. I don't know the crossover of Nick cave fans and section city <laughs> fans, but, but his, his son died. Um, 16 year old son died like two years ago. Mm -hmm. And there's a documentary about him recording after that happened. And he talks about going to a grocery store and like basically just being zoned out and then realizing everyone at the grocery store in his small town was like looking at him and then someone strangers went up and gave him a hug. And it was like, Oh, it was like just that exact thing that you're like, Oh my gosh. Like he was walking in some crazy dream in his head. And then to realize, I guess the sadness, but the beauty that, it is someone just like yeah. they know that like do you remember like being ugh. a kid when i was a kid i was so obsessed with like by the time i get older like are we gonna find a cure for death and like mm -hmm. blah 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 and i have i love my parents and like i had my mom told me when i was super young like probably too young she was like life really has no meaning without death and i didn't understand it and then as you get older you really do because it's sort of like yeah, it's sad, but it's it's true. In a way. I, yeah, I listened to a podcast last week and I forget the guy's name, but he's basically like a death doula. He's like a guy that works in hospice with people. He's this like Buddhist guy and he's God, a guy that a works job. in hospice with people and he leads people to death. But he talked about trying to get people to he was like, I really try to get people to bring death into their every day. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's the same thing with like the sun rising and the sun setting. And he's like, how do you end your day? Do you like. Are you like on your phone to the end of the night or like yeah. you trying to get tons of work done and then or just pass out and go death. to sleep? That's me. I don't think about death. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that's the thing is advice like that is for people who live their whole lives avoiding death. Not me. I'm Jewish. I think about death 100% of the time. So it's <laughs> like, no, that is true though. Jewish people have like a, like a healthy, strong culture of death. I mean, it's a real big part of our culture, but it's because, but this is, I actually like, I went to school in Portland, Oregon, like I said, so I like talked with a lot of kind of, I guess, hippie is the word, like type people were out there. And one girl made me really think about this where in terms of American culture and escapism and just modern culture in general, people were not able to escape death before because you used to have to wash and bury your family. Yeah, yeah totally. So now it's like so easy to just yeah. basically forget it. Exists. That's why I like this episode because I feel like the writing's really smart. It's really smart. And we've talked about this about the show before, but it as the seasons go on, it gets 
more dramatic. Yeah. And they do a pretty good job between like carrying it dramatic, but also keeping the other storylines. They also have the crazy Samantha sex position story. Yeah, line. I was just going to say, like, yes. just, like, like super the dichotomy cartoony. between it's like crazy. ridiculousness and seriousness in this episode was extremely highlighted when she goes from having sex with a guy wearing a, a wrestling <laughs> singlet to Miranda telling Carrie that her mother died. Like, those yes. were literally the, the scene after scene. And that's it, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then you go back to Samantha trying to basically like, I mean, to quote the Peaches song, <laughs> trying to fuck the pain away. Fuck the yeah. pain away. She's like completely trying to like use sex to block out. Yeah, and like basically. But being, God punishes her by making her not <laughs> able to come. I or, love she or, talk- or does God bring her to to the real death in <laughs> yes, her life exactly. to bring her to her resurrection? No, life. she's emotionally blocked, and when she's emotionally blocked, she can't come. Yeah, and it's totally. like the only, it's like when people have panic attacks to realize they have anxiety. It's like she needed that to realize that oh she was gosh. blocking off her emotions. Her yeah. her yeah. conversation with Charlotte in this episode about that particularly was so funny, dude. I feel <laughs> like I feel like it was really funny, and I feel like it was. Charlotte, I'm masturbating all day. Yeah, I told you, know you I will be masturbating all. <laughs> Can you imagine the- a man saying that? You would call the police. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, Or bro. a man saying that, you'd be like, yeah, dude, most men do that all day. <laughs> you guys <laughs> masturbate all day? I feel like that'd be painful. All day. No, we don't. Wow. No, Is that what men do? Yeah, all day. It all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, no. All day. no, it's strange for, I think, either gender, too, or Com- any totally. gender. Yeah, any to... Yeah. I think it's strange to imagine day. anyone doing just one thing, one thing. All, all day. day. All day. Like that all day. Right. Is Masturbating all day. That's sort of like hopefully you masturbate like three to four times with like a lot of snacking and sort of relaxing <laughs> in between. Like I've had days like that where you're like, okay, I don't have shit to do today. Like. I guess, or I'm procrastinating. It does. It does, it does bring a thing about though, about like a holistic life where you're like, listen, you got to <laughs> eat some exercise, some work, some, yeah, like it's some, like, some. <laughs> life, yeah, life is full of a lot of different things. Right. You, you got to have that a lot balance. of things, but no, that I almost feel like this was points for Charlotte in that. Like sometimes Charlotte is kind of Charlotte reminds me of like a bird with anxiety. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I felt like in this time, it flipped a little bit where Samantha was like thrown off her cool game. Yeah. And Charlotte was like, wise up. This is what's happening right now. People like Charlotte are so good in crisis. It's yes, like everyone totally. hates a type A neurotic person until they need them. That's yeah. 100%. She's also good yes. at not wearing cleavage shirts to yeah. a funeral. Oh my God, where they're both the cleavage shirts. Samantha and Carrie wear these like cleavage dresses to the funeral, which is like, it's not as if there's anything wrong with it, but it is like, it's funny because it's like, yeah, okay, well, um, my mom just passed away, so don't talk to my dad because I don't want him to be horny at my mom's funeral. And <laughs> like, but no, it's like, it's not that they, shouldn't wear a cleave shirt I just thought it was an interesting choice and then at the beginning of it there's like these guys <laughs> hitting on Dude, them like, who were the, those guys were like roadies for cheap trip yeah, they were like, like they're Def like, Leppard yeah, they, they were, were like, poor man Ron Jeremy yeah. yes, both of them. it was completely oh like two it was like two yeah. Ron Jeremy stand-ins yeah, yeah it, it was, was ridiculous it was like what who they why? both look like Ron Jeremy you're yeah. right I yeah. feel like those guys had to be like the director's friend and he was like yeah, we'll put you we'll put you in a scene <laughs> all right we got you hey, no this dude's gaff for me for 25 years yeah yeah he's part of local local Act, so we shouldn't give him a line. What should no. we have him do? Like just stare at Samantha's tits? Yeah. Is that have him walk through, stare at Samantha's yeah. sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> completely. Yeah. I thought it was a really good episode. It's so funny that you tied the connection with the loss of the orgasm, loss of her computer, and then the ultimate loss of Miranda's mom. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's also kind of funny the way Sex in the City works because you guys haven't seen further, but they never ever revisit that Miranda's mom died. Oh, so really? it's like <laughs> it's just this episode, which is Samantha's not so just, true to real I mean, life. Yeah. It's good to know she got over it that quickly. Yeah. She really just sort of moved <laughs> yeah. on. She yeah. had to go. Carrie came in, held her hand, walking down the aisle, and that's, yeah. that's all you need. Then you're that over. That was it. funny too. Where she, that was very real too. Where she's like, "I'm 35, I'm single, and my family's biggest concern at my mom's funeral is that I'm like not here with a date." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, same thing would happen to me. Like I'm gonna be like single at like somebody's funeral or wedding, and they're like. Oh, poor thing. And I'm like, no, this is very much a choice. Like, yeah. thank you though. <laughs> that did, that did like make it the fact if Steve wouldn't have showed up and that was just the storyline oh, that Steve's so sweet. He yeah. is so sweet. And actually on, on our podcast, we celebrate Steve. I like and Steve. We actually have a podcast within the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's called, uh, this is free. It's called Steve talk. <laughs> it's a favorite time. 
Welcome to Steve Talk, a podcast within a podcast. I'll be honest; I don't know what the Steve Talk should be about today. I don't know. It's I, very it's small a but it's important a, part in this yeah, episode. I agree. Very he just small. shows up silently, which I wish men would do more. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the that. podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> we need the male perspective for Sex in the City. I feel like that could be on your Twitter bio. If I wish like men would comedian, show up more silently. Comedian slash feminist. I wish men would just show up silently. Oh, please. More Anytime often. I even say anything that could, could like get construed as me talking about all men, like they're all. I had this picture of me as a child forever as my Facebook like photo where it was me as literally a six year old kid with a speech bubble that said kill all men. And it was like so like men, women, whoever, everybody liked it. It made and its then, way to like Mark Zuckerberg, didn't it? It did. It eventually got removed by Facebook, but also it was funny because now if you Google my name, it's like Marsha Kill All Men Belsky. And it's like a joke. And people will like message me like, yeah, kill all men. I'm like literally a joke I made once, but cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I wish that your nickname would just be Cam, K-A-M, Kill All Men. Yeah. Marsha Cam Marcia Belsky. Marsha Cam Belsky. Yeah. Um, Maybe so, more than once, to be fair. <laughs> all right. So we need to cast... I, I don't know what we do in this. It, yeah, someone, it's too heavy. Usually, we got a lot of players. We have the funeral. We have the. There's the priest. Why don't we do the? Oh what? God, the priest who uh, said Miranda was married to her brother. That was very real. I had a friend pass away. His name was Dane, and he was young too. So it was like this big like news kind of piece. And at his funeral. The guy kept calling him Dale. Oh, no. Until somebody yelled from the crowd, it's Dane. It's like you have, and you said that you had a landlord whose name was mispronounced. Yes, I went to a a funeral and her name was mispronounced multiple times. Like, you have, I know that they do a lot of funerals and it's a job like anything else, but babe. Get it right. Yeah. I mean, you have the family tree and you have the name. That's all yeah. you got to do. a comedy show, the host just needs to bring <laughs> you up and say your name correctly. Just maybe ask. say your credits. Yeah. yeah. So, so okay. here's 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 what we can do. Uh, Marsha, are you comfortable playing playing the part? You you can yes. play the part of the priest. Perfect. The priest who the priest who messes up so many things factually yeah. that it makes everyone uncomfortable. And then you can be Steve. I'll be Steve under his breath. Yeah. At the church. Uh, okay. Correcting the priest. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we can find some comedic. I feel like we can, yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So we're in. We're in the. Uh, we, we get some organ sounds. <laughs> a dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for Samantha's mom. <laughs> it's Miranda's mom. <laughs> she is here with her brother, husband Jonathan. They are Mormon. Wait, what? The Miranda was. Carefully. She is a sister wife with several other women her mom died That's... after a long battle with cancer <laughs> no she had a heart attack the other night her mom died after a long battle with cancer and she a is a attack. catholic <laughs> no, I, I took the Acela to Philly for this <laughs> she, she is a catholic and she lives in Delaware Aiden you're gonna have to hold me back in a second <laughs> I, uh, now the priest is laughing. <laughs> Death is funny for the Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a really bad priest. I have something to say. Oh, God, I said that oh out loud. Oh, God. Um, I, I see a hand in the back. I don't normally do crowd work, but yes, Steve, would you? I don't know how I know your name, but would you like wow. to talk? Did God tell you he that? He did, yes. I'm sort of like a psychic. I just want to say, uh, Miranda... I'm really sorry for what happened, <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry for your loss. And Miranda just mouths, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Insane. You know, I, fantastic. we were just on the oh, razor's man. edge there. I was just like, I was like, how do we joke about this? But I think we found some real, some real gold mines. It's Steve Talk. Miranda. Thank you for Steve <laughs> wow. Talk. Look at that podcast Steve within talk. a podcast. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that the creator of Steve Talk, before we even ever did this podcast, it was John's dream yep. Yep. to uh, uh, to have Steve Talk. And I didn't even know who Steve was at the time. So yeah. I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I like <laughs> but I like Steve and I like talking. And it's, you combine those things. Yeah. It's one it's, of my favorite things. Yeah. It's your birthday today, John. It is. It's Happy John's birthday. birthday. Thank you very much. We posted on here. I posted on the Bradshaw Boys account. Um, 
it, that it was your birthday, and I tagged uh, Greg Avedon in it and Shout Dave Eigenberg, who plays Steve. Did yeah. he, either of them comment? I specifically asked if they would comment on it, and they haven't yet. Oh, man. I feel like Sex and the City probably makes them want to kill themselves. Uh, like, yeah. maybe not, but at this point, after the third movie yeah or second movie how second many did they movie. do second they movie. wanted to do a third but like samantha wasn't in or something yeah she yeah. didn't want to do it the beginning this, was going to be the big dies that was going to be the opening scene of, yeah because uh, yeah he's, he's, he's so unhealthy yeah, yeah. 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 Well, when, when, when all cigars. you do is eat steaks and also eat cigars and eat cigars can you imagine only. the cleavage shirt that carrie would have worn <laughs> a big you know Oh my god, she shows up in like a lace black dress. Yeah, like, she would have probably would have been bikini. There would have been a scene in the morgue where Samantha walks in and actually checks out the corpse. <laughs> oh my oh god, that's man. so funny. Oh. And I couldn't help but wonder: Not is Big still did. hot? Yeah. Dead. That's the episode where Samantha gets in the UFC. Yeah, she just like fucks Aiden on his casket. Yeah. Um, well, also, I will say about this: the sex. Did you guys talk about the sex positions with Samantha? Oh god, because yeah. it's funny that. I, they've done so much with her at this point. It's funny that she would like that. There's someone selling a pamphlet of sex scenes on the street and that she's like, Oh, oh. Rhea, don't they not even call it Karma Sutra, but it just very much is the Karma Sutra. Yes. It's it a is. manual that looks exactly like the drawn photos of the Karma Sutra. And they're like this random new all white person's guide to sex. <laughs> it's also one of those things that they would sell only in Times Square or on like Aster, like at, or on a St. Mark's Yeah, it's beside what, the guy that has all the screenplays. Yeah. What an absolute missed opportunity. They didn't show the person who was selling that and their interaction when she bought it. Yeah. You know, She's like, here's the Karma Sutra, and here's a caricature drawing of yeah. me and my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been the same guy from Tech Surf. Just the same. This is the same oh, my God. Yeah, the stand-up comedy. What's his name? The stand-up comedy. Asif Mandiv. Dude, there are so Asif many Mandiv. famous yeah, yeah. people, because there's the mom from Freaks and Geeks as Miranda's sister. Becky yep. and Baker. Sex in the City, the whole, as you guys keep watching, you'll see, like, there are so many famous people yeah. in, like, four bit parts per episode. It's like Law and Order, where it's yeah. like every actor in New York has been in Sex in the City. Well, in the last episode, uh, Jim Gaffney. Gaffigan was Gaffigan. on it. Yes. And it's so funny because you're like, oh my gosh, it's Jim Gaffigan. What's he going to do? And it's literally just shit on a toilet yeah. and say one line. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, ah, oh, that's. And in the same one, Tony Hale from Veep and Arrested Development yeah. plays a photographer's assistant. And he just like, all makes these a face. people. You'll yeah. see like every yeah. face you've ever seen on HBO. And it's, or like a lot of stand up comedians. Yeah. A yeah. lot. Like Greg Giraldo was like on an episode, I swear. Wow. I think it was oh, wow. him. Wow. I think it was him. There was like somebody like that who was like on an episode and I'm like, Crazy. cool, one line. And they probably like made more money than they've made for the last two years of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, that check's yeah. still coming. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what else do we, what else do we have to cover? Do we cover all the storylines? We, cover, yeah, I, we think, cover, I think we got, I mean, I think it was mostly wrapped up. This was one of the ones where you've got four storylines, but they all dovetail pretty hard into one. To I guess the, the main one. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is the funeral and then there's Carrie's laptop which like mm -hmm. Aiden gets her thank god she got a new laptop oh, oh my gosh Aiden got I know Miranda lost her mother but and a zip drive but thank don't god. forget her zip drive she got a zip drive on that clamshell Mac which yeah. was a very iconic Mac laptop but she went back to her old Mac They because so, at the end so they she has a black uh, computer yeah. and then Aiden buys her this very time stamped legally blonde green Mac yeah. then he's like here's the receipt you can return it and at the end she's typing on her old black computer Computer with oh. the inference that the memory has been wiped, mm -hmm. but that she's still using it. So it's this sort of like, and she's also very clearly wearing the nicotine patches the yeah. whole oh, yeah. episode, which comes from like Aiden doesn't want her to smoke. Yeah. So I feel like they're building up to where you guys will eventually see the whole Aiden Carrie storyline goes mm. to. Well, you, Spoiler alert. I Well, you can kind of tell that it's like, if anyone's ever gotten back together with a person, like it's not good. it either you either get married and you're like, oh my gosh, we're in love and this was the perfect, or it's like you get the new, new like remixed issues. Yes. It's yeah. like different issues, but like same beat. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I think you can tell that with them because both of them, even the end, like she kind of resolves it herself to be like, and we'll see if maybe I can let him in. 
but it's like, no, you're probably not going to do that. Uh, the actor who plays Aiden, like, I'm pretty sure this was before my big fat Greek wedding, but I watched my big fat Greek wedding first. And I loved that movie so much because he's like this, like really cute, hot guy who's into this like woman who kind of looks like me. And then he's like <laughs> into, and then I watched sex in the city and he's into like a skinny blonde and I felt so betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> also, Fuck you. Yeah. I also don't know. I, it's been so long since I watched big fat Greek wedding, but it's he, so good. He has long hair. Yeah, and I but I feel like his eight the Aiden character is like, hey babe, what's up? Yeah, the Aiden character is Brooklyn boy pre like oh, Brooklyn yeah. hipster thing That's because true. he's a woodworker, he's like a furniture yeah. worker. His nails are dirty, like he's just like you know, and he's like this like, babe, I love the outdoors. I love working with furniture. I love working with my hands. But I like, also like craft cocktails. Yeah, no, we were I also we, like craft cocktails and we, making food for you. We coined him the the manic pixie dream boy because oh my it's God, just he like. Is. He's just like, I'm like, big exists in the world. Wow. But I'm like, Aiden, I don't think that dude 100,000%. Big is the equivalent of a porn girl. And yeah. Aiden is Manic Pixie Dream Boy. Yeah, Aiden is Zoe de Chanel. Yeah. Big is Taylor Swift. It's never like, no, I don't know it's if just that's like, fair. just get up Natalie and let's Port, make yeah. the weirdest noise ever that's never happened. <laughs> I think. I think. <laughs> Relation Aiden 2.0 exists. It was yes. it was the first it was the first yes. Aiden that didn't exist. But now that they're going through the relationship again, this this guy exists. And he's well, he's like a lot more thing, short. He's a little bit more of an asshole. Like yes, in the, the first the key Aiden thing was like so dramatic yeah. of he's like here's your key. Yeah, yeah, like takes it off. They do so. this thing that like I actually really relate to, which is like, and this is so reductive and like it's a lot more complicated than this, but it's like. I feel like we go for people where they're the asshole so that you don't have to be the asshole. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's the deal with Carrie It's like she went for big. She hated big, but at least with big, she never had to be the asshole. Mm. And then she dates Aiden. And all of a sudden it's very clear that she's the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, that's like a very real dynamic to mm. see play out. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's that is a very interesting. <laughs> you know, swoosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, uh, so the last thing that we do is we always rate the episodes. Uh, we go around and we we give it a one to five cosmos. We you can use half and quarter right. cosmos. Um, we'll do ours. So, yeah. You can think about yours. You yeah. can rate yours through the entirety of the series. Yeah. We've only seen up to this point, but you can rate it based on everything. Based on every seen. episode. Yeah. You yeah. guys rate. don't even know how bad. Oh, fair. Have, what I. I'm oh, sorry. I was talking to the next guest. Oh, my God. Uh, but like, if you've seen the rest of the season, like it gets so disappointing. Season six, like it kind of wraps up, but they did this like season six, a six B to be able to pay the actors less by not splitting the seasons. Wait, really? Yeah. So that's the whole controversy is that because they, the actresses came out very publicly against it. And I feel like because of that, both the writers and the actors are very phoning it in season six. Interesting. Wow. And then season seven, is there a season seven? No, no, no it's six, eight. No, six, eight. so it like, yeah. And it like kind of rounds out. Okay. But we're just going to phone in the podcast then. There you yeah. go. In you support, gotta do in support of them. We're going to turn all the knobs just, down. No, yeah. just like recording on an iPhone. Yeah. As yeah. we're just like, we're like wait right. till you get to, I mean, this will be like a sad season. It's sad that your series is going to finale with the second movie. I think we're going to figure out a way to not do that. I mean, honestly what? though, it's so bad. It's good that you should, because like yeah. it's so, literally, and I'm sorry to spoil, but the second movie ends with all four women singing. I am woman. Hear me roar. It's like the hackiest thing in the entire world that you can imagine. Wait. Wait, but you're a feminist. How can you think that's hacky? Because like, <laughs> they're literally, I know. But 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 isn't but, that the height of female power? But they're women. Power? Hear them roar! Like, do you get it? <laughs> Oh so my God. That's what it was all so for, bad. man. That's the whole oh movie for. Oh. Exactly. Okay, so rating. All right. We'll, okay, we'll rating. do a rating. Um, okay. I know mine. All right. Three, two, one. Four, Four Cosmos. Oh, my God. <laughs> I rated so much lower, and then I, I, I balked right. at 2.75. But wow. no, wow. I got to go up three. I'm saying three. three. Okay. I'm changing my rating right three. Uh, I, I give it four, uh, four I cosmos. So confused. I, I was like really engaged throughout this entire episode. Uh, I, I think they True. did exactly what you said where they, they made it very lighthearted, slapsticky and silly. I mean, the scene with Miranda having sex with a guy in a wrestling one, Samantha. onesie. Samantha. And then Miranda's never had sex in her life. Yeah, exactly. Besides Steve, she's a virgin. <laughs> and then switching that to a really serious storyline, probably the most, by far the most serious storyline that we've had, I think showed, 
how great the writers were. Yeah. I think Cynthia Nixon did such an incredible job acting. Yeah. And even though there wasn't a super solid storyline for all of the characters, which totally. I usually dock points off of, I was really into this episode and yeah. I was really engaged. And uh, I loved, I, I, even though it was a little cheesy, I loved Carrie holding Miranda's hand down the aisle. Mm-hmm. I love that I Stephen like that, a- Stephen Aiden were there. I agree with you, Kevin, that the last part with her like wrapping it up on her computer was a little <laughs> unnecessary. But overall, great episode. I loved yeah. it. Four Cosmos. Yeah, I gave it four two because I okay. I got Rolling Stone magazine growing up all the time, and there was Greg. the four. Okay, it was expensive. Wow. Like, but I always remember there's like a certain rating that they gave to a band that had like enough albums out. And the four star was like, it wasn't four star should mean like pure excellence. And instead there was a way to give certain bands four stars. It was just like, this isn't your best work, but we appreciate you bringing it. Right. And th- I was like, this was not a five star episode for me. I've only given that twice, but it definitely was just like, all right, you're trying something new. And the emotional resonance of some of those moments, like I definitely, I got chills. Like when Steve came there, I was so hoping deep down, I was like, please. And then I didn't think it would happen. And when he showed it, I was like, that really was very touching. The hand touching with Carrie was really touching. Yeah. And then also Samantha crying at the end, I thought was. A she worthy- got her orgasm back, man. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's she great. came at that funeral. Yeah. But at least, at least it showed like, okay, she can't deal with people in a certain way, but. I don't know. It had a certain like emotional weight that I was impressed by and I was not expecting. So I I give it a I give it a four, just like Rolling Stone gave Yankee Hotel Foxtrot back in night. Wow. Very real. I want to start out. I want to start by saying I got Mad Magazine growing up. R.I.P. And the fold ins. Dude, first you come out with your dad got cancer twice and now you come over the top with Mad Magazine. (laughs) Dude, you just have to steal all the limelight tonight, don't you? (laughs) I'm a total Carrie. I read highlights till I was 17. (laughs) Did you grow up in a doctor's office? Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, (laughs) I was imprisoned in a doctor's office. Uh, I'm going to take a mulligan and give it a four. I I didn't sleep last night and I had a migraine at work today. And so (laughs) I'm just going to say that my rating was completely off. My brain isn't firing on all cylinders. Oh, um, pressure. Yeah. I know I we we usually are locked into what we say, but mm-hmm. I'm not locking myself in tonight. Yeah. I do that. remember I mean I this is the first one that I actively teared up in the mm-hmm. and and also the fact that Becky Ann Baker that we talked about that was in girls and what was the other show? Freaks and Geeks. Just like and great. Broadway's Assassins. Mm-hmm. Stephen Sondheim masterpiece. Oh, Don't forget Assassins. I, my bad, sorry. <laughs> I didn't forget it, but everyone else forgot theater. So <laughs> Um, just all of America. And so, uh, but, uh, no great episode. The most heartfelt episode we'd seen. Shout out to the shout out to tech serve RIP. So glad that was in there. Um, yeah, great episode. Great episode. Yeah. I'll give it, let's see. I'll give it a 3.5. Cause that's what you said originally, right? I feel like that's cause I I, said way lower and then I brain for it. Oh, right. You brain it up. Yeah. 3.5 3.5 because I did think it was a really good episode. I feel like they do a good job of balancing, like you said, the slapsticky with the serious. I don't think that they really tackle death in a serious way besides this episode because mm. there's, I don't know if you guys have already seen the episode where a woman falls out of the window, but no. it's like a joke and it oh like traumatized me as a kid because I'm watching it being like, oh my God, so you can just like die falling out of windows, I guess. And then like they like kind of treat it as this big joke, oh but I don't think that sex in the city really tries to tackle death in a serious way let alone parental death i feel like that's very real i Mm. also feel like it's one of these things again that it doesn't necessarily seem progressive now but at the time for another woman to grab the hand of a 35 year old woman and walk her down the aisle at her like judgy family's funeral Mm. was this whole sort of like Yeah, this also was pre-internet where I feel like living in New York, being single and older, you can like find your community in a way. Mm -hmm. But back at the time, it was sort of like you had your three friends and the rest of the world is telling you you're crazy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that was like really good. And the only reason I give it a 3.5 as opposed to a four or a five is just because I wanted to be different. I felt pressured. (laughs) (laughs) I respect your honesty. Well, Um, 
Thank you so much, Marsha. Yeah, thank really you so much. It. Thank you. This is so thank fun. Thank you. Tell us where people can find you on the internet. I'm at Marsha Belsky on Twitter, M A R C I A. Um, and yeah, I do musicals. We just did a parody called Fiddler on the Rooftop Bar. We might bring that back at the end of the summer. I'm Tevio, which is my dream role. Oh and it's God. about, um, we make it set in modern Brooklyn where Tevia and his long term platonic roommate Golda, played by Shalewa Sharp, another amazing comedian. Um, is forced because of the L train shutdown to move to Astoria far from the home that he loves. And, um, so yeah, so you can find me there and I run a show at the end of the month at union hall called Stevie. Do you feel like, uh, between you and your writing partner that, and her knowledge and your talent for parody, there's, SATC. I feel like they've already done a Sex and the City musical because they've done a musical of literally every TV show. They, yeah. whether like it's usually off Broadway or whatever, mm. but they've done like Full House, Friends, The Office. Yeah, yeah. They've done all of that. So we're trying to do kind of not more subversive necessarily, but like we did the Handmaid's Tale musical because yeah. we were like, okay, what's they're turning everything into a musical. So why not the Handmaid's mm-hmm. yeah, Tale yeah. and yeah. kind of making a joke at that. So if we ever did, and also I feel like poor Melissa, like her whole life is sex in the city. She's like like it's her break. day job. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if I was like, let's write a sex in the city musical. She's like, cool. So you hate me or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but awesome. maybe, yeah, <laughs> All right. Maybe well, for like one song, I would say, yeah. We'll write it. You guys can come on and do would it. Would love do that. Yeah. Yes, you men write it, and women will perform it as this tradition. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Marcia. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. So fun. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs> the Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. <laughs>